Okay, hello, welcome to the State of Play podcast. I'm your host, Pep Barisha, as usual, and as usual, I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Matt Santangelo, all the way over from New Jersey. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, Christmas was good to me. Uh, some good uh, quality time around the family, got a time to watch some Calcio, uh, and some other leagues, of course. Um, so, can't really complain. What about you? Yeah, good Christmas. It's not actually that cold in London, which is weird. It's kind of still simmering at around seven, eight degrees. The other day I was playing football and it was sunny. It was really strange. How's the weather over there? Um, we haven't gotten like, I mean, it's been a couple of days. It's been a little bit harsh. Uh, but, you know, in the past couple of days, like yesterday, it was like pretty warm. It was like 50 degrees Fahrenheit, um, which is, again, pretty warm for December in New Jersey. But I think it's going to quickly come back down to uh, the low 30s and it's going to be <laughs> a, a brutal winter, I'm guessing. Yeah, as always. Um, but today we've got a bit of a special episode. It's kind of like a 2019 prediction since it's the end of 2018. And we obviously want to go with the most clickbaity title, which is going to be 10 players to watch in 2019. Um, and since your expertise is in Serie A, Matt, we're going to go five players from the Italian league. And then we're going to go for a few others from the top five European leagues as well, totaling 10, hopefully... Um, they do well in 2019 and we can go like retweet this and be like hey we were we were right about x player and y player which should be fun as as everyone seems to be doing these days oh yeah everyone loves the under 23 talents everyone loves to know it everyone likes to say that they were the first to you know know recognize this player and i kind of somewhat have that with uh, lucas Torreira, of course i feel like i mentioned his name on every recording but um yeah i think this should be a really good episode and um one that I think again, if you're if you're looking for um, an array of different talents, different quality of players uh, around Europe, and to keep an eye on from 2019, I think you'll find a lot of value in this one. Nice, nice. Well, uh, that's exactly what we're going for. Well, the first player is going to be Emil Alduro, who is uh, playing for Sampdoria at the moment on loan from uh, from Juventus, I believe. 21 years old, uh, in between the sticks, and he's doing quite well this season, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing very well. I mean, you know. He, so with uh, with uh, Viviano going to Sporting uh, over the summer, uh, Sampdoria you know, they they kind of got creative with you know the certain additions they've made. Obviously, they lost Torreira, they lost Duvan Zapata, who's been killing it at Atalanta lately. I think ten mm. goals in his last nine games. He's so they they've been yeah they've been getting a little bit creative. Obviously, they're a team that doesn't spend a ton of money, so they got to really rely on their scouting department. Um, you know th- those guys behind the scenes to really find the gems of uh, you know not just Italy but the rest of Europe. Um, sure enough, they look to Juventus uh, uh, for some goalkeeping help. Obviously, with Juventus having uh, Chesney and Mattia Perrin, uh, who they acquired uh, this uh, past summer, as he typically would be starting for pretty much most of the clubs in Italy, aside from a few. He's their backup, so obviously Alduro didn't really have any type of opportunity to squeak in there, get a couple starts, even in you know, cup matches or any type of games like that. So we went to Sampdoria, and he's quickly um, earned the starting role under Giampaolo. Uh, one of his games last yesterday against Juventus, uh, they, it was a defeat 2-1. Uh, looked like it was going to be a draw late. Ricardo Sapanara scored a great goal, ruled offside of it after VAR ruling. But um, Adura made some incredible saves. That game probably could have been 4-1, 5-1 at some points, but he made some fingertip saves. He really showed off what type of goalkeeper he is and what type of ceiling he has. Um, an interesting background about him, too, is he's an Indonesian-born Italian. Um, he's dedicated. He's committed to the Thai national team. He's he's featured in the in the uh, the, uh, the the lower ranks of the Thai national team as well. So he does have a bright future, and it's interesting. I've seen some conversations about 
what his future lies at. Does he have a future at Juve? Um, I don't possibly see it. I think if he's getting started minutes at a team like Sampu's kind of in the conversation for conversation, excuse me, for the Europa League, and Juventus have two top keepers, I think leads me to believe that they'll probably sell him, maybe with a sell-on clause attached. Um, so he does have a bright future, a guy who is still growing, uh, obviously as a young keeper, that's only natural, um, that, that we've seen with guys like Alex Meret, Cragno, uh, even Simone Escoffe, who at, earlier in his career was linked with Atletico Madrid as a teenager. Uh, Donnarumma, obviously, we all know who he is. Um, but there's a lot of young, good goalkeepers in Italy at the moment. Again, I just named a couple, but you could I'd throw in Albin Lafont uh, at Fiorentina. He's become their starter. He's been sensational as well. They got him for around seven and a half, eight million euro. So Italy's become one of those leagues where if you're looking for a lot of young keepers, um, especially in 2019, to see maybe if they're going to flourish and blossom into uh, something special. Um, it's definitely worth, worth looking to Serie A for that. And again, uh, getting back to Alduro, uh, one of those guys that um, it wouldn't surprise me to see Juventus sell to Sampdoria for a, a decent fee. Um, I just think he has all the qualities. He's getting the minutes. He's getting the opportunity to show what he's capable of. And I think 2019 could be that one year where he becomes uh, an established keeper and one that possibly gets even a bigger move if Samp do not uh, you know, find a way to buy him uh, permanently. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, Juventus just have a dearth of quality at the uh, the goalkeeping position at the moment, don't they? But uh, next player from Serie A, uh, he's just about stuck in because he is still 23. Stefano Sensi, uh, Matt, having a good season. Absolutely. This is a player I've been um, fond of for, for quite some time. If you look through uh, the timestamps of my tweets on Twitter... Uh, I, you know, a player I, I was kind of following a little bit. It's tough to do that, obviously, when they're at you know the, the lower divisions. Obviously, access to those leagues is a little bit more uh, difficult. Um, but when he was at Chassegna in Serie B, um, I heard a little bit about him from his time at San Marino in Lega Pro. Um, so, you know, once he kind of made those gradual steps and then eventually he went to Sassuolo in Serie A, Obviously, I have a ton of attention on him, and you know, I was really curious to see what type of player he would become. Um, you know, the past couple of years, he's kind of been having to compete with others for for minutes um you know a couple veterans alfred duncan who's who's pretty much a a, a mainstay in the sassuolo uh formation but this year we really have seen him come to life start to blossom at 23 at the at that right age where we really kind of start to see is this guy does he have that potential does he have that quality to be um a, a top player at a big club or is he going to be one of those guys that kind of hovers mid-table to bottom other table clubs and really doesn't become a huge uh you know staple in the national team setup as well of course what we've seen even with manuel locatelli coming from milan who most assumed would be the 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 first choice uh, regista for roberto de Cherby, uh, since he's kind of taken on that role uh more frequently than Locatelli. Locatelli's kind of been shifted out wide, and since he's been given the keys to the midfield, um, and it speaks volumes as to what type of player he's become in 2018, going into 2019, a guy that already got his his uh, senior debut with the national team, of course, uh, you know, back in October, November. He played impressively well against USA, and you know, you know showed off his range, showed off his, his close control, his ability to, again, orchestrate and do all those things we, we, we hope for and look for in that type of deep line playmaker and at Sassuolo he's kind of been their midfield dynamo guy pulling the strings game uh, doing all the control work uh, that require that's required of him in order for the Cherby to make that you know that counter-attacking uh, system if you will um, work to uh, work efficiently so since he's a player I think if you're most most definitely I would probably see him at a bigger club in 2019 in the summer 
But I think for now, you got to definitely enjoy what he's doing at Sassuolo, a team that is kind of in that conversation. Um, you know, uh, uh, definitely a long shot uh, based off the odds because obviously I don't think Sassuolo are going to finish fourth. But again, a team that you have to look at as a Europa League contender. And with that, obviously, more eyes, more attention will be on Sensi. And then that could also ultimately lead to a bigger move in the summer. As a Milan fan, I think we've kind of looked towards that position uh, of uh, that deep line playmaker, the Regista again. Um, as something that's kind of been year to year since Pirlo left, right? Uh, Montolivo, Locatelli's got a couple nods last year and the past the year prior. Bilia's been good, but he's on the older side. He's a little bit injured at the moment. Uh, they're looking at Cesc Fabregas. Sensi would be a guy that I would like to see Milan purchase, but in any case, it wouldn't surprise me to see um, you know some other clubs in Italy, maybe outside Italy. Again, 23 years old. Um, it kind of looks to be like a, a, a somewhat a replica of uh, Marco Verratti, um, who was purchased from PS- by PSG from Pescara uh, some years ago. So again, there's it's we're starting to see that you know there people are looking and clubs are looking to Italy for this young talent. And at 23, 24, I think Sensi is is in that position where off a good season, he's got that national team um, you know, experience coming his way. Don't be surprised if he makes a big move and a career move in 2019. Yeah, one to keep our eyes on. You spoke about Sampdoria earlier, Matt, about their amazing scouting facilities. And a guy that they've had their eye on, according to uh, Gianluca De Marzio, who's kind of like the, the transfer oracle, is Hamed Jr. Traore, who's, I would like to say, kind of my version of what Luca Torreira is for you maybe takeaway four years. So he's an 18-year-old midfielder playing for Empoli at the moment. Uh, obviously, their historic youth academy that's brought uh, forward players such as Lorenzo Insigne, but no player has made, or no outfield player, no outfield teenager has made more appearances in Serie A this season, and only one outfield player has, uh, who is a teenager has made has played more minutes in this season uh he's a guy that apparently Juventus were looking at as well this season and Chelsea as well but uh, it looks like Sampdoria are, are gonna be the next step for him and it seems like a kind of um a, a natural progression for him not taking a step too far from a, from an Empoli to a Juventus where they'd probably loan him out or a, or an Empoli to a Chelsea where again they'd probably loan him out to Sampdoria um with so many of those their players churning in and out every season. I think if he does move there either in January or summer, he could be a very good asset for Sampdoria Football Club. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. That's that is a player. Again, they 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 tip, they do this quite well, right? They even did it with Jakob Jankta, who had a ton of attention on him while he had a good year at, at Udinese last year. There was reports that Milan were interested, uh, a couple other teams in Italy. Arsenal had links to him as well. I think he kind of grew up an Arsenal fan. So there was connections there to the Premier League. Ultimately, Samp got him. They were able to corral him on a, in a pretty pretty good deal. A deal that where, you know, they didn't break the bank for him necessarily. But, you know, there is value there. Obviously, we know they're a team that does frequently buy players, uh, young players, and then flip them for a profit. Obviously, they did it with Torreira. They did it with Skriniar. They did it with Sheik. Um, this would be no different. Again, a player who could probably be there for a year maybe two if they're lucky again provided that John Paolo gives Traore a ton of minutes if he does make that that next move of course assuming he does um but yeah again a teenager who's getting attention out of Italy uh, it, it seems as though that it, it's it's almost obvious it's almost clear that in 2018-2019 we're looking at we're looked at these teams are looking to corral players younger and younger and younger it feels as though you know the the ball got rolling with uh, Martin Odegaard and Hakim Mastor 
but you know, obviously they looked they were pretty, uh, at least in my opinion, too young to make an impact at the, with the first team. Jairi at 18, we've seen what players his age are capable of doing with first team uh, opportunities. Timothy Weyas, uh, Moise Keynes, Donald Roma, just to name a few. So again, that would be a, a great. Um, career path for him is he's not going to have that ton of pressure to perform on a big club like a Juve, a Napoli, a Milan, an Inter, but a team like Samp who does a tremendously well developing talent, does tremendously well ushering in players, not putting them in too much of an, a, a pressurized situation where they're going to you know, stumble and fall and, and ultimately not fulfill their potential, but give them that nice, you know, good balance of good minutes, uh, the opportunity to, to succeed, and then of course... It, Within you know Sampdoria being the club they are, eventually move on to uh, maybe a, a dream move. So uh, Triori is a player definitely to keep an eye on in 2019, and I'm sure that we uh, we'll be speaking about him a lot. Definitely, definitely one to keep your eye on. He's been uh, very, very good for Empoli this season, even if they've struggled at times. But the next player, and I, I did lie, actually, listeners. Earlier I said we're going to do five Serie A players. We're actually going to do four. Uh, sorry to break your heart, Matt, but it's a guy that's very exciting this season, isn't he? Uh, uh, Nicolo Zagnolo. Uh, and many of you would have seen the viral video that went around of him uh, scoring that goal, the, the body feint, the, the chop, the, the, double, um, the double feint to put the keeper and defender on their bot- bottoms and then the, the chip finish, which uh, which was absolutely remarkable. But he looks a real player, doesn't he, Matt? 100%. You know, I've seen, look, I've seen comparisons, uh, you know, some people saying he, I believe it was David Amoyal, uh, who obviously uh, is the, the host of the Couch Land podcast. And, you know, we obviously had Alex Goldberg, co-host, producer, talk, come on and talk about Mason Mount. Um, so shout out to them for the work they're doing. But he kind of, uh, in a tweet uh, earlier, earlier this past week, you know, kind of said like he looked a little bit like a Toti. Um, you know, obviously it's big praise when you every time you mention Roma Toti, uh, it's 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 quite the praise there. But you know, again, some of the things he's been able to accomplish, um, you know, in his first full season um, at Roma, not even his first full season. Of course, he came over from Inter, who are kicking themselves right now, uh, dealing with the headache that is Raja Nyangolan. Um, but getting back to Zaniolo. Di Francesco is giving him the opportunities. He's playing in the Champions League. He's he's got call ups to the national team. He's making an impact for Roma you know, in Serie A almost immediately and in a big way. And it's it's only it's only uh, making obviously Inter fans who are listening uh, a little bit more upset and, and all that stuff. But yeah, player who has obvious obvious ability at 19 years old, that attacking midfield player, is able to score goals. You're seeing. Uh, why uh, Roma valued him so much in that deal? It, it's it goes without saying, you know. It's for me as an Italian national team fan, someone who follows this league closely. It's refreshing to see that Italy is finally being able to usher some of these players along and into the the national team picture and have um, give hope for for the future of the national team. Obviously, there was a stark period that we're going through. Still kind of going through, but it looks like there's light on the end of the tunnel, especially in the midfield. Again, Ferrati, Jorginho, Sensi, uh, you know, Zaniolo is a good player as well, who's a little bit flexible. He can give Mancini, uh, you know, a different a different pers- uh, a profile to the other guys I just mentioned. But at the, what Di Francesco has been able to, to give, Zaniolo has been priceless at age 18, 19 years old giving those quality minutes to kind of show what you're worth and show what you're capable of. Um, and Zaniolo's worth, uh, he shows he's, he's worth quite a bit. And has, he shows he has plenty of uh, 
tricks in the uh, in the arsenal. So definitely a player I'm looking to see more of in 2019. I'm looking to see his progression. Obviously, you know we have to see this in big waves and in, in, in big. Uh, it can't just be a small sample size. Um, obviously, when we mentioned Sandro Tonali on that episode with Alex. You can see though, you know, he's a young kid. He got the Pirlo nod. He got all these different things. But some we're seeing now that the interest and the discussions and the rumors have cooled on him. So again, that's just something to keep an eye on with you. And when you have these youngsters, if they're able to maintain that form, um, obviously it helps for Zaniolo being in Serie A, whereas Tonali's in Serie B. But in any case, the more Zaniolo pulls off the tricks like he did um, on the weekend, again the goal that you just mentioned. The more attention he's going to get from not just teams around Italy, um, but around the rest of the world, and it's definitely exciting for uh, for Roma fans to have a player that who right now looks like an absolute steal and a gem in a deal that they look like they four million want. euros or whatever. It's crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, it's... part of the uh, Nyan Golan deal. And when you look at what he's doing, um, disciplinary hearings and whatnot, it really looks like a very good deal for Roma, doesn't it? Hundred percent. You know, not just Nyan Golan. Obviously, on his day, he's one of the better midfielders in Serie A, but you have to deal with the off-field stuff and, you know, obviously the clubbing, the drinking, the smoking, all that stuff. Yeah, the, 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 the life expectancy of his career is, it's kind of, uh, you know, on, on, the, on the decline at this moment. And for them to spin him to get money plus a guy like Zaniolo and Davide Zanton, who really hasn't been a, a huge performer for Roma, but he's had his moments. But I think the real thing is there is that they're able to flip a guy like Raja Nainggolan, who, in my opinion, is on the decline. Um, again, if we recall, about a year, year and a half ago, he was linked to a big move with Chelsea when Conte was there, who loves him. So the fact that they were able to get a profit off a player that they really don't see him being there much longer, and get a, a gem like Zaniolo, who they can kind of make, um, you know, along with uh, Pellegrini, you know, two big pillars to their midfield. It's uh, it was a slam dunk deal for Roma, and one they're definitely uh, definitely happy about. Definitely so. I think when you, it's just a, a monk. Uh, I mean, uh, another um, masterclass from Monkey, isn't it? Um, to to get Nyan Golan out the door, who's like a diminishing asset, as you said, and to get Zaniolo in, who's kind of in a similar position. I mean, Inter Milan have been playing Nyan Golan quite forward this season, like in a number ten almost. Zaniolo has been playing kind of that position for Roma, but I mean, man, oh man, if this guy uh, plays long term at the level that he's currently playing at with uh, Justin Cliver and Jengisunder in that Roma team. Um, and they've got Patrick Schick, of course, and uh, Edin Dzeko. That kind of five as an as a forward attacking unit, if you add in El Sharaway and um, Perotti as well, that could be really exciting for Roma fans. I know they haven't started this season really well, but these are the shining lights that I think are going to really motivate this team in, in 2019. And I think they'll do well, uh, especially if Zaniolo and Cliver and underperform. Um, not only will they do well on the pitch, they'll be able to do off, uh, well off the pitch because, as we've mentioned, um, the likes of uh, Under have, have been linked to Tottenham, Arsenal, Manchester United, PSG, Bayern Munich for 50, 60 million euros. And that's a lot of money for an Italian team and for Roma. And, and who knows what Monkey could do with that kind of money. But uh, we'll move on from Serie A. Sorry, Matt. Uh, but this is a guy you still know very well, uh, being an American and someone who, who has followed MLS in the past. It's Alfonso Davis, who, uh, bearing in mind that I am Robin and um, Frank Ribery are both leaving in the summer, could get a real chance, a real chance at Bayern Munich, couldn't he, to, to actually get some minutes on the board in 2019. Yeah, you know, Davis, it's, it's always interesting watching or fascinating. Um, and there's plenty of intrigue when you see a guy who, who came through 
the Vancouver Whitecaps system or, or any player that comes to these MLS clubs or franchises, uh, excuse me, and makes that big, big, big leap to um, Europe. Obviously, it's already a big leap and a big, uh, you know, uh, difference in, in talent the talent level and all that stuff and the challenge it, it presents going just going to Europe let alone going to a team like Bayern Munich right so um, yeah he's, he's got a definitely uh, an opportunity to um, you know change the the, the 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 paradigm change the perception that people have uh, maybe abroad of major league soccer as a as a league that maybe does not producing as much talent up as some of these other leagues if we're able to see a guy like Davies um, at such a young age, make that move seamlessly to Bayern Munich, get minutes, uh, and, and become a star. Not, it's gonna, not gonna happen overnight because I just don't, still don't think he's gonna get um, a ton of minutes um, from the get-go. But I think he's gonna get the opportunity. He's gonna get that valuable, those valuable other aspects that come with a move like this. You know, training around professionals like uh, you know Lewandowski, uh, Ribery, uh, you know, all these guys on a day-to-day basis which only helps him you know, continue to grow, continue to know what it takes to prepare and ultimately stay in Europe and be a success story. So Davies is a guy that um, you know, it's going to give, uh, there's a good, nice little crossover there. You know, if you're a, a major league soccer fan and you really don't frequent, uh, you know, uh, the Bundesliga often, you know, it gives you an, an idea and it gives you uh, uh, a an interest. It gives you a reason to tune into that league to see well how Davies doing. How is you know, obviously Pulisic being at Dortmund as well? Maybe not for long, but uh, it gives people a reason to tune into that league. As we just mentioned earlier, with um, a lot of other Americans or in the, the previous podcast, excuse me, with John, which uh, which was excellent. Um, the Bundesliga has been kind of a a, a hotbed for for a lot of American talents to uh, start their careers and and really kind of get everything rolling with the, with their careers as well. So, you know, Weston McKinney's, the Josh Sargent's, all those players like that, um, there's a reason why they, they see the Bundesliga um, as a good place to grow and a good starting point to their career. And in many, in many ways, an ending point to their career, right? I mean, a guy like Davies, if, he, if he's a star and he, he succeeds at Bayern Munich, he's able to, uh, you know, win over, uh, win a starting position at some point down the line. Again, it's not going to happen overnight. You mean he could stay for a handful of years? Maybe again he has uh, a future elsewhere. But I think again, uh, for just for looking at twenty nineteen, not to go too far ahead, um, Davies is, is without question a player to watch for in twenty nineteen to see if he makes that transition um, an easy one. Yeah, I think he's he's at the right club now with those aging wingers who are going to leave, and even the alternatives that Bayern Munich have at the moment on on the flanks. Um, Thomas Müller sometimes playing there, right? You've got um, Coman, who's very injury prone. Um, famously, recently said that he would retire if he got in another bad en- uh, another bad injury. So, I mean, I think Alfonso Davis is looking at this from January and kind of licking his lips, right? Um, a-, a guy who's left footed is going to probably play on that right hand side, cutting in as Bayern Munich really like to do. Um, cross a lot and he's going to have probably Joshua Kimmich who can kind of really coach him on the defensive side as well uh, on that right hand flank if he plays at right back of course um, so I think uh, I think great things from him to come in 2019 um, how excited are people from the MLS to see how their biggest export is going to do I think very excited you know again in certain areas of the country it's tough because um, you know, it, in the United States, yes, the league does get attention. Um, I think you really have to search and go, uh, depending on who you follow on Twitter, depending on where you look for for articles and videos and, and things like that for your MLS uh, fix. 
Um, everyone's raving about him. Everyone thinks he's he's a special player. Obviously, he wouldn't be a special player if <laughs> Bayern Munich didn't come and snatch him up for a record fee. Um, I think again, you know, being on the East Coast in the United States, obviously, there's a lot of other uh, sports that take precedence over Major League Soccer. Um, so, but for me, again, I know where to look, I know where to go, and I know obviously that you know, for everyone who who talks about Major League Soccer and the brand and the uh, the league and, and and really how the quality is, Davies is one of those guys where, and I even said this on a, even I think one of the, maybe the second or third episode where. In Major League Soccer, because of the, the you know the difference in quality, you can really see who the really really special players are on the field, right? We talked about Adams in the previous episode. He's going to Red Bull Leipzig. You you can kind of see like, and when you look at a guy like Davies again with that Vancouver Whitecaps, maybe it's not a huge market. You know, people are, you know need like a New York or like a Los Angeles or things like that. But when you look at Vancouver, if you ever got a chance to tune in and watch one of their games, you can see like. He's head and shoulders above some of these players. He's making them look silly. I remember he scored a couple goals where you saw the footwork, the quickness, the all that you know that ball control, that ability there. And then he just finished like 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 world class, like a world class finish. You can see like that was that goal. You're like yeah, this guy's not gonna stay here long. And they, sure enough, obviously Bayern came knocking. They they made it clear of how much they they rate him by giving him that. Um, that move and paying Vancouver uh, a world record fee or at least a league record fee. Um, so yeah, Davies is someone I again I don't tune in a ton to Bundesliga. I do get my fix of it, of course. I have access to it here in the states, but with with making that transition over to Bundesliga and now uh, obviously having the roots uh, you know here in the United States, I'm definitely going to pay more attention to uh, to see how he gets on and see how he uh, he blossoms. Mm, certainly an exciting prospect one that a lot of people were keeping their eyes on so that's another one for you guys to check out and uh, hopefully for me and Matt it does well in 2019 so we can kind of point back to this and be like told you so guys <laughs> but another another player from um, the Bundesliga is Ibrahima Kanate uh, he's a centre-back who plays for uh, RB Leipzig 19 years old plays on that right-hand side of their their centre-back pairing him and Dayot Upamecano um, who is the other exciting uh, tall, French, powerful centre half who plays right next to him, um, and a lot of people have their eyes on Ibrahimovic, but a lot of people are also very excited about Ibrahimovic uh, Kanate, who uh, I mean, it's just crazy how many how many players that France are just producing at the moment. Matt, it's just totally insane the the kind of depth they now have from under 19s all the way to you know the first team i mean this guy kanate and ipamakano would probably be playing for most first teams in the world but um that that is just the the quality of this french team but he's played quite a few minutes for uh, for leipzig this season uh, three in the europa league uh, unfortunately they're out uh, three appearances in the europa league and unfortunately leipzig are out this season so maybe won't get that massive platform but he certainly might be not one that moves in next summer but the summer afterwards uh, uh, might be one where we see a big bid in for this guy because I think that in 2019 he's really going to emerge as a as a really big target for a lot of top teams. He's just a, a very very good accomplished passer as well, technically very sound and above all just a very solid defender. But crazy how many uh, French uh, players are being produced uh, year in year out, Matt, isn't it? Yeah, and you know you, you you look at obviously France coming off a World Cup victory, right? You know it's all you look top to bottom. The guys they actually it was it, it was yes their squad was so impressive. Obviously it's stacked. We all know 
uh, Pogba, Kylian Mbappe. We all know who they are by now. Obviously, if you haven't, uh, or if you don't know who they are, then I, I don't know what you're doing. Do you even watch football? Um, but it's it's the craziest thing was looking at the guys they left off. I think that's always shows how deep a, a nation is in talent. And obviously, you know, guys like that, as you just mentioned here, it's only a matter of time. Maybe he doesn't become a starter. Maybe he doesn't, you know, immediately get that, that senior team debut or, you know, whatever the case is. And then not just applying to him, the guy we're talking about here, but just another player. But it just goes to show you that the France is, they got staying power. You know, they obviously coming off a World Cup. We all know they're a giant. They got that trophy. But now it looks as though that they have such a deep talent pool, um, not just on their main roster, but the guys who were maybe being left off where they can sustain this. They can really build one of those dynasties um, that we saw in, in, in recent years with obviously Spain, you know, winning three straight major uh, tournaments. I wouldn't be surprised, it wouldn't surprise me to see France um, follow suit with that. Obviously we saw with Germany, um, you know, they bowed out of the group stage after winning the World Cup in 2014. It's possible that this is France's time with the amount of talent they have and in, in, in bunches and really just the quality of the guys they have top to bottom, that this is a, a this could be the beginning of a, a really successful era for French football. Um, again, you know, maybe not seeing it, you know, remains to be seen if we see it with the Champions League. Obviously, PSG have been one of those teams that we've kind of, they've been spending, you know, Neymar, Mbappe, we've, we've been expecting them to make that, that deep run and then maybe even win it. Maybe this year, I'm not too sure. I don't really like their chances myself, but um, I think again, you know, it, the, the writing's on the walls. French football is, uh, is stacked with talent, and uh, you know, again, it's just so. It's 2019 could be a really special year to see, um, you know, players like uh, you're mentioning here make those uh, those big waves and those big moves. Yeah, so uh, kind of a two for one there mentioning Upamecano, but uh, Ibrahima Kanate I think is one to watch in 2019, and I think he could do really well. And we've also tried to be a bit trendy, you know, a bit um, a, a bit under the going with those en- under the radar picks. So going for the less lesser known of the two is is going to be the, the style of this podcast. But one who's uh, kind of quite accomplished that we're going to look at in Liga now is uh, Ronnie Lopez. He's been out uh, injured for a while, the Portuguese star, former Manchester City player, recently signed a new uh, contract with Monaco. But a lot of Monaco fans that I've spoken to and a lot of people who are very um, in the know on the French football side of things think that once this guy gets back into the Monaco team that a lot of their problems going to disappear and he actually started the season quite well um, and at one point he was um, the highest fr- uh, the highest scorer in uh, League of 2018 alongside uh, Florian Tovan so uh, a guy who has massive upside uh, 22 23 years old so right on that edge as well like Stefano Sensi but someone who's come from a big team like Manchester City and uh, another one of those guys who's who's left and tried to find minutes as we've seen Brahim uh, Diaz recently uh, looks like he's on his way to Real Madrid. Uh, Ronnie Lopez is a guy that I think in 2019 is going to really hopefully turn around Monaco's fortunes because it would pain me to see Thierry Henry do like this badly for any for any longer. I'm hoping after this winter break that they're going to get their shit together and maybe sign some players in the window because I just I can't watch the guy do badly anymore, Matt. It's it's it's. Yeah. It's terrible to see. But Ronnie Lopez, another guy that um, I think we're going to see a, a lot more of um, on the pitch, hopefully, if he stays fit, but also in the news, potentially looking at a, a big transfer abroad because obviously we know Monaco are a selling club. Uh, any words on Ronnie Lopez here, Matt? 
No, I think you, you covered everything quite well on Lopez. Um, you know, I remember you brought him up to me. Um, and again, I, we, as I, I like to reiterate this, you know, um, I don't claim to be an expert on some of these leagues like uh, Patrick may, uh, may be. But, um, you know, when he talked to me about Ronnie Lopez, we, we go through the names that we want to cover on each episode of the podcast with our player profile segment. Um, Lopez was one of the names that he brought up. So I'm happy that, you know, he's talking about here him here in our 2019 you know, players to watch for uh, episode. Um, Lopez, again, is definitely going to be someone I keep an eye on. Obviously, Petra's educating me quite well. I know we work great, well, great together, hand in hand. I give him my Serie A scoop, and he kind of you know covers me, on, covers the bases on uh, the leagues outside of Italy. But um, yeah, Lopez, you know, it's interesting to kind of see his his journey. Obviously, um, you know, one of those talents that looks like one that got away for City, um, as you just mentioned with Diaz going to Real Madrid or likely to go to Real Madrid. Um, he's at that age, you know, 22, 23. It's, it's now, it's, I mean, we all have seen late bloomers. We've seen players blossom at 25, 26. Um, you've seen a guy like Jorginho get his big move to, uh, to Chelsea. So it's definitely there. But I think you know, if you're looking for Monaco, the way they operate, the way they scout, the way they groom talent and eventually sell, because they are one of those clubs that um, maybe in many ways you can kind of compare them to. Um, on a, maybe on a lower level to like the the French Sampdoria or uh, French uh, Atalanta in the sense that they do are they are a great environment for young players to grow, but we, they everyone understands what their business model is and that of course again selling a lot of players Bakayoko Mbappe we've seen the guys we we've, we know them all uh, Bernardo Silva is another one um, Ronnie Lopez again in a tough season for for Monaco and Thierry Henry. Uh, the second half of the season, um, you know, for 2019, could be really big for Lionel Lopez in his career and a possible move in the summer. Uh, definitely someone I'm keeping an eye on. Definitely. And I think that if he didn't get injured, his contract was up in 2020, so the next summer. Um, if he hadn't got injured and continued this form, I'm sure there would have been a lot of teams ready to tempt him away from Monaco. But hopefully he gets fit and, and he's on the pitch soon. Uh, next player from La Liga now, Samuel Chukweze. Now, Matt, I don't expect you to know much about this guy because he's actually come out of nowhere. Um, he's only made six appearances in La Liga, so it's very recent that his kind of star has risen. But he's really exciting Nigerian winger, exceptionally fast, left-footed, very tricky, and he's got two goals in La Liga and five starts, and he's got a goal in the Europa League in, in one start. And uh, Villarreal, one of those teams that made it through into the next round, hopefully we'll see him. He's one of those guys that might get that platform in 2019 if they draw maybe an English club or, or a big team in Europe, and it's kind of televised and um, talked about a lot. He's a player that I think... Um, wasn't expected to do amazingly. I mean, if you look at Villarreal's squad, Jared Moreno, Carlos Baca, uh, Akambi, they've got a lot of forwards and they usually play that 4-4-2. So it's kind of um, surprising that another winger or forward is kind of... Um, shone brighter than a lot of these guys so I think he's definitely one to keep an eye on especially as a lot of uh, Villarreal's other forwards haven't really done too well so far this season I think he's definitely someone to watch in 2019 and he's already been linked to the likes of uh, Arsenal for example not why I chose him but um, definitely one to keep an eye on you know much about this guy Matt? Uh, I don't. Uh, you got that. You nailed that on the head. I don't know too much about him. I, I definitely, you know, definitely intrigued. Um, and I think again, it's worth also mentioning. You said about Villarreal. You know, obviously with Baca and, and some of the other guys they have in the fold. 
It looks as though that they're going to be uh, Villarreal is going to be selling two players in January. If reports are true, again, Gianluca Di Marzio, um, who's very reliable, the guy that I go to for my main uh, transfer news at this time. I of think year, everyone does um, at this. At there's this been stage, rumors <laughs> that uh, he could that both Roberto Soriano uh, and Nicolas Sansone, a winger, a forward player. Uh, could be making their way back to Italy. I believe it would be at Bologna. So I just want to clear that up. That maybe as though they see uh, Chuck Wazy, they see that he has. Okay, you know we we like what we see here. We can let's see if we can kind of sell off Sansone, sell off a couple of their assets to make way for a player like this, who I think it's quite clear he's ready for that uh, that additional workload um, that you're you know bringing about here. Yeah, definitely. So I think he's an exciting player. Uh, only 19, um, massive upside, and Villarreal are really really lucky to have him. But uh, moving on to the Premier League, uh, a guy who's not currently in the Premier League but will return, uh, an Arsenal player, Reese Nelson. Who, uh, and I know we wanted to pick these like under the radar kind of um, hipster picks like the Luca Terreras, uh, Matt. But I think Reese Nelson is a guy that's kind of too exciting not to choose from the Premier League. And when he goes back to Arsenal, if you look at Arsenal's current squad, we actually have no wingers. So a guy who is an out and out winger coming back to Arsenal, this exciting, 18 years old, um, English. He's so talented and the part of this kind of Ger- uh, Gerard, part of this Jaden Sancho class of uh, 99 2000 I think he's going to be exceptional for Arsenal next season and uh, I, I mean whether or not he starts in the Premier League or starts in the Europa League I think he's going to really push hard to get into that starting lineup um, and I'm sure you've you've seen a bit of him so far in the Bundesliga this season Matt whether it be just on Twitter through videos or whatever or or in um, in the Champions League yeah absolutely you know and it's, it's great too because uh, it gives me a reason to plug a, a previous episode right we had Ali uh, Price Bates <laughs> on to talk about uh, you know Nelson, and give us kind of the inside scoop of what he's doing, what he's uh, you know accomplishing at Hoffenheim on loan there. But also, what, what maybe what his forecast is, you know, as a player, as you just mentioned, Arsenal don't really have any type of winger there. So all signs, and it could be barring any type of major um, acquisitions in in January, all signs point to him returning to Arsenal for next season and getting the opportunity. I think it's quite clear what we're seeing with guys like Marcus Rashford, um, you know, and even when he was at Liverpool, Raheem Sterling, like, if you can ball, you're, you're, getting, the, you're gonna get the call, man. <laughs> um, and I sure think, sure enough, if uh, if Arsenal you know, are, are able to uh, continue to perform, continue to do well, um, and maybe they add in other areas, maybe they subtract in certain areas to add in others, um, maybe they it affords them the opportunity or they can, um, afford if you will uh, to give Nelson more of a look instead of going out on loan because I think um, as you would probably agree with me here uh, English fans are ready to see Nelson play for Arsenal they're ready to see um, what he's able to accomplish in the Premier League and then if obviously if all goes well translate uh, some any possible success with the national team because I think it's uh, it's clear that he's uh, he's very very talented and he's got a bright future very talented and I think he's going to be an exceptional uh, player for Arsenal in the long term he's an Arsenal boy he's been as um, as Oli mentioned in that episode he's been at Arsenal since he was nine years old so he's gonna he's gonna hopefully wear the badge with a badge with a bit of pride um you know we look at Lorenzo Insigne at Napoli who we all know very well and you know very well as uh, an Italian national team fan he plays his heart out for Napoli Football Club because he, he lo- it's his boy clubs. He, he loves it there. Um, but the last player that we're going to cover is David Brooks, um, who's recently been starring for Bournemouth. 19 years old, Welsh, left-footed, very, very, very good. 
technically excellent and he was actually he had glandular fever this time last year um so a year ago 18 years old imagine you've just broken into the sheffield united academy or broken into the first team sorry and uh, you've been struck down by this pretty deadly illness i've i've had it actually and it's uh, it's terrible you are bedridden you cannot do anything it takes a monstrous time to recover a year later he's um he's playing in the premier league and he's probably been one of Bournemouth's best players as they kind of come um, finish this year mid-table um, before we move into 2019. But he is someone that people are already talking about uh, moving on to, to, to bigger things. Uh, and in fact, Eddie Howe, the uh, Bournemouth manager, has already said if he didn't have glandular fever, if he wasn't ill this long, time last year, there is no chance Bournemouth would have been able to get him. But he got ill, fell under the radar a bit, and it's props to um, Bournemouth for finding a talent like this. Uh, Matt, know anything about uh, David Brooks? You know, I, again, I get access. I have a luxury. I have the ability to watch several different leagues. You know, I get to watch Liga 1. I get to watch Serie I get to watch uh, Premier League, Bundesliga. I really get, I get, I get a, a good variety of football. So um, I'm definitely blessed uh, this time around here to be able to have access to that. But, you know, yeah, with, with Brooks, it's interesting to do it too because... And as you just mentioned, if he if he didn't go through what he was going through, he probably wouldn't have been uh, a Bournemouth player at this point. Of course, Bournemouth uh, you know spent around twelve million pound on him this past uh, this past summer, um, which get, speaks volumes that they actually how much they believed in him. But also, again, with some of these other clubs understanding that there's mon- there's value there, there's there's sell on value that you know in the event of a player like this, um, you know, thrives with the opportunity he's given. That you know, maybe we have him for a year, we stay up, we have a good finish, and then obviously we we, we get him a big profit. So um, it looks as though again, Brooks, um, you know, as you're just mentioning here, that there is interest abroad. I mean, uh, excuse me, interest around the Premier League for him. It's only a matter of time before he again, you know, a, a team uh, comes crawling for him. You know, maybe doubles that uh, that money that that Bournemouth spent on him last summer, and um, you know, everyone kind of wins. I think it's understood that you know, uh, and no offense to any Bournemouth f- <laughs> listener that we have, or but it's but these players like this especially when they go through uh you know the trials and tribulations that 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 brooks has you know they want they understand and they value the opportunities they're given but they also value um the opportunities they can have of course playing for some maybe a dream club or a, a big club in the premier league like a chelsea a city an arsenal liverpool you know the like so it, again 2019 can be one of those one of those years for him where he makes that big dream career move again at being 21 years old we've seen it many times this is that age where um you know teams are are willing to spend the money on uh, i think it's you know we we long gone are the days of a 27 28 year old and 50 60 million euro move they're looking for the young talent they're looking for players that you know you know they have the ability now to contribute yes but that they're buying and they're investing in um, what he can be down the line and i think again brooks could be one of those cases yeah he's 21 not 19 my mistake sorry i got a bit excited but he is definitely still in that category of, of players that aren't being talked about that much obviously in the premier league at times when he's performed well but um in 2019 he's definitely definitely one to want to watch out for uh matt have you got any near misses people that almost made it into our selection um yeah i actually i know we were, before we went live i was talking about um I talk about Samp, I have a soft spot for them. Uh, it's teams like Sassuolo, teams like Atalanta, who maybe don't get that um, that mainstream attention that they deserve, but um, that definitely have quite a bit of gems, quite a bit of talent um, on, on the books. And one of the names that I was uh, you know was was pitching to you, I think we cut the list shorter because obviously we had so many leagues to cover, was uh, Joachim Anderson from uh, Samp, a young central defender. Um, 
He's getting starting minutes. He didn't play in the weekend match against Juve. Um, but of course, he's a player that has been uh, linked to Juventus, has been linked to Manchester United and several other Premier League clubs. Um, again, on that same, you know, the age bracket, 22, 23 years old. And um, it wouldn't surprise me after one year, you know, in making that kind of big money move that Samp like to do with, with some of these players that they have. We saw with Milan Skriniar. In many ways, it could be a similar case, right? You know, Milan Skriniar was bought for pretty much peanuts. Um, and after one season, Inter spent 25 of the 22 to 25 million on him. And then after one year at Inter, one really good year at Inter, um, you had City, you had United, you have all these clubs lining up for him. So um, definitely a player to keep an eye on 2019. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all if um, with a strong second half that he, he looks to make a big move in the summer. And uh, obviously, being that Sambly didn't pay a ton for him, if they can sell him for 40 million i mean 40 from you know 30 to 40 million to a premier league club um they would definitely do that yeah definitely someone who's been linked with a few clubs hasn't he manchester united at one point uh, and everyone seems to be wanting a, a center back at this time of the year it's weird i mean arsenal manchester united um even liverpool have been linked with the center halves uh chelsea of course david louise uh his uh, uh contract running out in in the summer you've got Bayern munich with hummels uh who's aging and kind of on the decline boateng who seemingly doesn't want to be there psg tiago silva is aging uh he's very old at this point actually he's like 35 isn't he uh and then in italy you've got a, an aging core at juventus as well um and there's going to be loads of player uh, teams in, in for center backs i think in the next summer and i think another guy's Gianluca mancini who was kind of close to making our um it was close to making our list as well um uh, todibo at uh, toulouse as well a very exciting um 19 year old uh, french another french center back um who who looks very exciting uh, is out of contract in the summer so could go anywhere so there's loads of these guys uh, before we leave you any anyone else matt anyone that you can think of off the top of your head no i think that's it i think again you know uh, just there were, loads. Kind of, I mean, there were so many yeah just just to me because I mean, you know we, we cover so many youngsters like i mean i could throw a guy like in there moisey kane but again being that he's represented by Viola, he's owned by Juve, he's, you know, um, been called up to the Italian national team, like, he's kind of known, so I think that would be kind of like a, you know, kind of a, not really like much of a, okay, well, we found this guy, like, type of thing. You know, we talked about Mason Mount um, as well with Alex Goldberg, um, and you check in, check out some of our previous episodes where we covered some uh, some very interesting players, very diverse. Um, we talked about Kappa, we talked about, you know, some other players in, uh, in previous episodes, so check those out, but... I think again, we you know we're going to be having someone on uh, at the beginning of 2019 to dive even further into the under 23 uh, age age bracket. Um, so again, of course, some of the guys that we mentioned here will definitely be included in that um, in that podcast with that special guest we do have. But there's going to be a lot more, um, and they do great work, uh, of course, scattered football. So uh, make sure you guys are, are following us. Make sure you guys are following them, and um, of course, we will uh, definitely keep everyone posted on when that's going to go out. But yeah, I think we covered most of the under 23 players in this, at least in 45, 46 minutes that we've, we've been live. So um, if you guys have any that you want to throw our way, make sure you guys are doing it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, definitely. For the next episode uh, in 2019, please do send us some questions. We're going to try and get a lot more of uh, audience participation going around the podcast, aren't we, Matt? Trying to get some questions in. But uh, yeah, that, that's all for us today. Hopefully some of these guys do well in 2019 and Matt can and I can uh, kind of call them our, our own. Um, but, but what we will do is we'll kind of check in on them every every month and a half, every third or fourth episode, of, uh, and we'll, um, we'll, we'll see how they're doing. Um, but uh, for now, uh, that's all. Matt, where can people find out more about you? 
Yeah, so make sure you guys are following me on Twitter, at Matt underscore Santangelo, um, where you can find all my written work. I'm doing a lot more video content now, so um, make sure you guys are checking the yeah, post-match reactions to Milan games, but other big games as well. So um, everything I'm working on, uh, you'll find me on Twitter. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you might find me and Matt in 2019, but it depends how well Arsenal and Milan do. Uh, we might be a lot more quiet this time next year, depending on how things are going. Because <laughs> I think we're uh, both uh, feeling a bit of pain in the recent weeks. But uh, you can find me at Pet Berisha, P-E-T-B-E-R-I-S-H-A. You can find us, our State of Play account, on Twitter, at State of Play Pod, uh, P-O-D. And if you want to email us for any you know inquiries or if you want to work together, uh, hit us up at stateofplaypod at gmail.com. Please leave us a review. We love reading them. And uh, please subscribe as well. Uh, getting some good crack traction now. And hopefully 2019 can be as successful as 2018. Uh, all your sport has been amazing. Uh, getting us in the newer Noteworthy charts. Getting us in the UK uh, top 200 uh, sports iTunes charts as well was incredible. Uh, but uh, it wouldn't be right if we weren't aiming for higher, would it, Matt, in 2019? No, absolutely. You know, again, uh, it was it's been it's been a great year for us to uh, bring this podcast. You know, it kind of happened really quickly. Uh, me and Patrick behind the scenes worked hard to put this uh, bring this to life. Um, had some hurdles, had some obstacles to deal with in the startup, but we were able to launch it. Put out eleven episodes. It looks like uh, I think this is maybe going to launch on uh, Tuesday. Uh, so it's going to be the new year. It's going to be twenty nineteen. Our first episode of twenty nineteen. Um, but yeah, we got more in store for twenty nineteen, guys. And you know, we wouldn't be uh, you know, doing what we're doing here without you guys and your, our audience. And uh, we do really appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening, everyone.